0: Today's podcast is sponsored by my new favorite animated TV show, Tuttle Twins, the first cartoon series to teach kids principles of freedom, economics, and liberty, and to be funny in the process. Nowadays, hidden political agendas are constantly forced on your kids in entertainment and in schools. Tuttle Twins is a hilarious cartoon series that teaches kids about the principles of freedom without being overly preachy. It's educational and hilarious, and there are lots of jokes for adults, too. The best part? You can watch Tuttle Twins entirely for free. Just go to tuttletwins.tv, that is tuttletwins, T-U-T-T-L-E-T-W-I-N-S s.tv TV, and over there, you can watch all of the episodes for free. One more time, that's tuttletwins.tv. Highly recommend it. Go check it out. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to welcome you back to The Real Talk with Zuby Podcast. On today's episode, we have got on two very special guests. This is Mock and Daisy, the co-hosts of the Chicks on the Right podcast. Welcome to the show.
1: So glad to be here. Delighted.
0: Happy to see you. So I've done a brief intro there, but why don't you both introduce yourselves to the audience?
2: You go first, Mary. You want to go first? Kind of do like the... the the Reader's Digest version for us. You're really good. Okay.
1: At that. Uh, well, I'm Mock or I, Miriam, either way, uh, from the Chicks on the Right. We've been around for 13 plus years and have been doing our podcast on a daily basis now for, gosh, a year and a half on a weekly basis for at least three years. Um, and we've, of course, had the Chicks on the Right website since February of 2009. We've done some radio in between all of that. Uh, we've written a book. And now we're just full-time podcasters and loving every minute of it. Yeah,
2: and that was good. That was a really good Reader's Digest. For it. And then I am <laughs> Daisy or Amy Jo Clark, and I am half of Chicks on the Right. And I think she covered most of it. We're all over the socials. We're sort of like the OGs of um, this. I don't want to say the movement, but we are some of the older um, ones. We've been around a long time. We were some of the first ones to get shut down on social um, we always say that we're the OGs of getting shut down before shut, getting shut down was cool. Um, and we've been around in the scene for quite some time. We've been around for the ups and downs and the ebbs and flows. And we're kind of like, um, I don't want to say cockroaches of the industry, but we have definitely <laughs> been through. We have survived a lot and been through a lot in this. And so we're here and we're still loving it. And um, and now we're doing it full time, which is really wonderful and just a blessing for both of us.
0: That's awesome. So how did you both start out on this journey and how did you actually meet each other?
1: (laughs) The question, right? Do you want me to start? Yes, please do. (laughs) Well, back in the day when we were in corporate America, she was a technical writer and I was a recruiter. Um, And uh, I actually had a position open for which I interviewed her over the phone. And this was way back in 2007. And so um, at the time, she had her full name, including her maiden name, hyphenated with her current name on her resume. And it was one that you can't easily forget. And so even though uh, that position got filled... uh, by someone else at the time, fast forward a year later, and I saw her name um, pop up on one of my friends on Facebook's profiles, uh, that he was a friend of hers. And I recognized her name right away. And I couldn't understand it because this friend of ours was in Georgia, which is where my husband is from. And so after some discussion, it turned out that uh, my husband went to school with Amy Jo starting in what, like seventh grade? Elementary,
2: elementary elementary school. Yeah. Elementary, elementary middle school, middle and high school. We went to school together in Georgia. Yeah. And then we're in the crazy. same crazy. Right, grew up in the same neighborhood. absolutely so it's very, crazy, yeah, very and not at all
1: the way, not at all the way that we were introduced to each other. So, of course, that's one of those things that you have to like have a girly scream about. So, I reached yeah. out to her on Facebook and said, "Oh my gosh, you probably don't remember interviewing with me, but we talked a year ago, and look, you went to school with my husband, and we just we just connected over Facebook, which was a lot different than the Facebook of today." Right, um, right. immediately. And then uh, I ended up hiring her after all.
2: And you tell yeah. the rest. And then we, you know, started, I ended up working at the same company as Miriam. And we started talking each day. We went to lunch every day. And we started talking about, you know, life like moms do, life, kids, just everyday things, you know, like women do, shoes, clothes, things like that. And then we also started finding ourselves talking about politics, which is something that we had never really talked about before. And so each one of us, and we were talking about things like, you know, this new guy, Obama, who's this guy, you know, everybody's so starry eyed over this Obama guy, who is this, you know, what's going on. And we started realizing, you know, this is really crazy that we're talking about so much political stuff during our free time. This is really weird. And I went to her one day, and I'm like, we should start a blog because you know, we talk about this stuff in a way that is very, um, conversational and not so pundit like, and not very buttoned up and it's more mini skirt and mini skirt rather than suit. And so we should start a blog cause you know, maybe somebody will read it, who knows. And so we did, we started the um, the blog, Chicks on the Right, the website, chicksontheright.com and it, it started gaining some popularity. We had a little bit of a cult following, I think for a while and then it just took off. And that was in 2009 when we started the site and, um, it took a couple of years and we just, we wrote, we were very diligent about writing mornings, early mornings, lunch, lunchtime, after work. I mean, we had full-time jobs. We had full-time jobs forever for years. And that site was our baby. And we just, you know, it, we just, we very diligent about it. And we, we gained popularity over the years. And it's just kind of amazing how that worked out. I don't know if that would happen today, but mm. back. You know, 13 years ago, when people actually read things. <laughs> <took the> <laughs> and not just bed. headlines. Right, right. And we were, you know, we wrote things. We actually wrote, you know, long form articles a little bit more back then. But um, then people didn't have attention spans of fleas, you know. I think that um, people were interested in sitting down and reading things. I, I, we actually had a little bit of, of popularity and we gained it. And um, and it was, those were good times. I love those
3: times. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. That's a really interesting story. Yeah. Speaking of attention spans, I think we're we're living in this age where everyone's attention span is either like 3 seconds or 3 hours. Right. So you have the <laughs> right. flourishing of, you know, very long form podcasts which are killing, you know, corporate news media. People mm-hmm. are willing to sit down and listen for hours, but at the same time people can't read to the end of a tweet to see what you're actually yeah. talking about. So <laughs> it's this weird juxtaposition.
2: It is. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Did you have any particular um, articles that you wrote on your blog that kind of blew up or was it a very gradual rise?
1: You know, it's interesting that you ask that because back in the day when we first attached our Facebook page to our website, when that became a a good idea for people to do, back in the day when Facebook was in a chronological order and people Mm -hmm. that you follow, you actually saw their content. It, it almost didn't matter at that time in the earlier days what we wrote about. Our posts were seen by thousands and thousands right. and thousands of people. Our reach mm-hmm. was enormous. And so it's interesting that over the years, you know, we're at one and a half million followers on Facebook now and only a tiny fraction of the number right. of people who used to see our content see it now, which mm-hmm. is why, of course, all the Elon Musk and Twitter news is so exciting, right? Because it's mm-hmm. opening up, maybe a a return to the days of yore on social media when you actually got to see the content of the people you chose voluntarily to follow. But in terms of specific posts that caught people's attention, man, we write about literally all of the social, cultural, political stuff that is going on in the news of the day. And so that's what, it, it feels like people have responded because we're talking about things that are happening in the here and now yeah i think and even stuff about feminism i think we were i'm not saying we were the only ones
2: writing about it but i think you know 13 years ago this whole like i don't even know what wave of feminism we're on now but um you know feminism has changed. <laughs> right <laughs> is that what it is to be? i don't even know like yeah I, somewhere
0: between keep, three and four
2: we can't keep up we, we can't keep up because i mean it's, it's feminism is so weird now it's so different mm-hmm. than the feminism of like you know this the, the the late 60s and the early 70s and like the feminism that our mothers were exposed to right so it's mm-hmm. and so we make fun of feminism a lot because feminism has become so much about we want our free crap and the the government is our sugar daddy you know and mm-hmm. and we you know free the nipple but don't look at my nipples and it's just <laughs> it's like this strange it's just very this it's the weirdest movement ever and we don't yeah. like to be lumped in with those women and, but we feel like we are very strong, um, independent, running our own business women, but yet those women, they hate us. They hate conservative women. They acts, mm-hmm. They demonize us. And it's a just, it's just a strange fight. We have like an in, infighting we have going on between feminists and conservative mm-hmm. women. And they don't want us sitting at their table. We don't. We're—it's it, just bizarre, like femi- the, yeah. So we've we've written a lot about um, you know feminism over the years, mm-hmm. and and how women there's just like this strange infighting going on between women, and that it's sad, but it's also um, something that needs to be exposed. And so we've talked about that a lot over the years.
0: Yeah, I can definitely relate to being a strong woman who runs her own business. <laughs> right. <laughs> totally. I faced a lot of flack well, and you controversy are a woman. for. Right. You exactly. are a
1: woman when you weightlift, and right. I saw your Twitter fight yesterday um, with the guy that said, "You're how can Elon Musk run Twitter when he doesn't have a master's degree?" Your exchange <laughs> on that was absolutely hilarious. So I love that you become a woman when mm-hmm. it works for you. I think well, you're yeah. taking you really good it. advantage of that. You can be whatever <laughs> you want. You could be exactly whatever you want now, right? Why not? Yeah,
0: I mean, this is why I say it's feminism 3.5. I think uh, what right. you were discussing is what I consider wave 3 which is the right. um angry uh entitled hating men type and then right. I consider wave 4 is the not even being able to define what a woman is type mm-hmm. so we're somewhere right. at the crux of these things where there's this interesting um you know people are there talking woman this woman that and the same people are telling you women can have penises and menstruate and give birth right. and so on um i've used this fact very much to my advantage and to my delight but um (laughs) 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 we live in a very strange time
2: it is strange and i've got a 12 year old girl who is a competitive swimmer that happens to be her sport so then i get very you know i mean i feel very strongly about you know say a, a biological boy coming in and trampling what she does because she works I mean six days a week she's in the pool mm-hmm. three hours a day working on her sport and who knows she may get a college scholarship one day god willing because you mm-hmm. know college is expensive she may get that trampled on by a biological boy well I I feel very strongly about that and so that's because you, know, a lot of you are,
0: are a yeah. that's because you that's because you're a bigot that's
3: why yeah. <laughs> right. them, right? <laughs> that's, that's the on,
0: exactly. that's the only viable reason you would have a problem with right. boys smashing your daughter in, right. in the pool. A, I mean, and this is the thing, you know, where, in the races, where
2: are, and that's the thing, to I mean, where are the feminists? Like where, where <laughs> are these women back when my mom was a, fem, you know, my mom was in this, you know, but growing up when feminism became like this giant mm. thing. Where are those feminists like standing up Two. for women?
0: To give them credit, the ones who do get derided as being TERFs, trans-exclusionary right. radical feminists, many of them right. have actually been banned from social media. So there is this, um, you know, there, uh, to to give them credit, there are uh, self-identified feminists who mm-hmm. have been pushing back against this for many years, and a lot of them have been sidelined. A lot of them have been silenced. I know a couple who I've actually had on my podcast. Um, Kelly J. Keene, who goes by the name Posey Parker from the UK, and uh, Megan Murphy from Canada, who runs the, the Feminist Current blog, they both got banned from Twitter several years ago for discussing this issue and for saying that men are not women and men cannot be women. So right. there are people speaking up, but they've been pushed to the side. Uh, if you see what's going on with J.K. Rowling, uh, yes. who is you know, literally one of the most successful women in the world, who's had the courage to take a stand on this issue and they're, they're unsuccessful at canceling her, but mm. Lord knows they've been trying for several years.
3: Yeah. Well, it's interesting it's,
1: too, that yeah. like, there's, there, there was a time I remember, and this, this goes way back, but I remember when we were first starting to talk about feminism, we actually talked about it in a way where Amy, Jo and I, Daisy and I wanted to reclaim feminism for right. conservative women. But then it's like, the, the crazier feminists became, the more we wanted nothing to do mm-hmm. with the title.
3: Mm-hmm. And exactly. so it used to
1: be, we, we, no, we are feminists. We're conservative feminists. And now it's just like, no, I don't want to be associated with the word right. because it's become so corrupt mm-hmm. and bizarre that I want nothing to do with it.
3: Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. y'all are bat crap.
1: We don't want to, y'all
3: are
0: just
2: <laughs> bat crap <bat> crazy <laughs> Just stay away from us. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I've actually had this discussion with several women over the past few years because I I don't think it's salvageable. I don't think that term, I don't think that term can be salvaged. I think it's, I think it's too far gone. I think that when people hear the word feminist or feminism, um, they, most people don't have a positive connotation with it. And I I think it's, it's too late. It's been claimed by crazies for Mm -hmm. honestly, most of my life. Like I've never had a positive view of feminism. Um, Not because the Original supposed incarnation of it um, has anything wrong with it. You know, I think most modern day people in the West are very much equalists, which would make them, you know, feminists by the old school definition, but it's just become this angry, confused, and confusing, and honestly, mostly negative movement as far as i'm concerned and i I think that's a shame because i i don't think that um you know i I try not to paint with a broad brush and i know that not not all feminists are are like that but i just think the uh the the, the connotations too negative now
2: yeah it's like what's what's the meme it says not all feminists are like that all
0: feminists Mm -hmm so before you were telling me that uh you are you are some of the original people to get shut down so when you say shut down what do you mean what happened
3: Uh, Oh, that's a great story. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it was January of 2013 and I had written a post um, on our website at Chicks on the Right about Jay Carney, who was the press secretary for Obama at the time. And I'd said something in the headline that Jay Carney can kiss my assular area, I believe was the exact (laughs) headline. Very (laughs) professional. professional. I mean, as the true professional that I am. And so I posted it and shared it on Facebook as we did with all of our posts. And at that point, Um, I think what happened is because we were starting to see a rise in popularity, a minimal one. I mean, I think we had like 50,000 followers or something at the time. And a bunch of liberals, I'm assuming got butthurt about that title and reported the post on mass. And so that set off, um, the newly created algorithms that Facebook had at the time. And so I got, I got kicked out of our page and I still had access to my personal page, but I got a notification saying, you don't get to post on this because you know, here's, Here's the bad girl thing that you did. Here's your slap on the hand. Well, I went into a panic, immediately called her. This was like five o'clock in the morning on a work day. Right. And I was like, I'm out. I can't get into Facebook. You have to tell everybody. Yeah. And so she went on this gigantic so PR blitz. And that's what mm-hmm. got us even more attention, which often right. happens in situations like this.
2: Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like you, the more that you shut conservatives down, it's like that Chick-fil-A effect, Right. It's sort of like the, the boycott effect. And I think that that happened to us. We were just one of the first to have that happen to us. And so what what happened is I just told everybody, I went kind of crazy and told everybody and started, oh my God, we're gonna get shut down. I'll be next. Cause I mean, I thought I was gonna be next because she's such a bad influence, Ubi. I mean, she's terrible. <laughs>
3: she's terrible. Very you problematic. Know, I'm,
2: I'm going to get shut down. And so I'm telling everybody and everybody's telling everybody else. And it was like this telephone game effect. And so um, Todd Starnes from Fox news picked up the story about us. And then he ended up calling Miriam and asking her about, you know, us. And I think, what was it? Like Breitbart or the blaze picked it up. The Blaze, Yeah. The blaze. Mm. Yeah. They picked it up. And um, I mean, just, we got some more popularity from it. And so it was like, what they wanted to do was squelch us. What they ended up doing was getting us more clicks and more eyeballs and all, Mm -hmm. you know, everything that they wanted us not to have. And so good job liberals.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's funny. If you can, if you can weather these storms, and I've seen so many examples of this, if you can weather these storms, then it tends to massively work in your favor. It it always backfires on the people who are trying to, Trying to do it, you just have to get through the storm.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And in fact, Precisely. that wave of publicity is actually what led us to do our radio show. So mm-hmm. it got the attention of a local uh, radio program director and he reached out. And then that's what um, got us to both leave the corporate world initially and go to radio. And so we did that for a few years. And now we're finally able to do just our own podcast and our own thing. And we report to no one but each other. And it's a, yeah. it's a whole new world. Exactly. exactly. that's awesome well yeah. well
0: good for you good for you on achieving that um a big question i have is so you've been in this commentary world in the usa since you said 2007 is that right nine,
2: nine. 2009
0: 2009 yeah. so in this time period what how have you seen it change because i often say that I, I, it seems like around to, 2012, when you, we, we sort of entered some alternate timeline. And since then, stuff's always been increasingly getting weirder and weirder. Um, I'm from the UK. I'm, I'm not from the US. Um, I remember a little bit about stuff going on in, in the US around 2008 2009 but you know i wasn't i wasn't following the politics that much i wasn't following you know certainly wasn't publicly commentating on this stuff but even in the time i've been doing whatever i do um it seems to have changed a lot so what are the big changes that you have seen
2: um well just from a an overarching standpoint i think people have gotten meaner and dumber
3: <laughs> that, okay. I, mean, I think that's right.
2: <laughs> I, I, it's, I know that sounds terrible, but it's it's true. I mean, and mm-hmm. and honestly, we've changed. I pers- I don't want to speak for Miriam, but I feel like I've changed. When we first started, it was really tough to be called um, a racist. that, that was mm-hmm. the hardest. I mean, it was that hurt my soul. I mean, it's like when we first started, I had never dreamed that people would call me a racist. And they would call me other horrible, horrible names just because I had like Republican after my name or conservative after my name. Right. And so I was like, I don't know if I can do this, you know, this because that was really hard. And we Mm are, we are actually nice people. I'm probably not as nice now as I was then because (laughs) develop, because you develop a thick skin, you know, you develop, you get beat up and then you just get Mm -hmm. tougher um, after 13 years of taking beatings. But, um, but I mean, when, when we first started, we actually were genuinely nice people. She was sweet as could be. And now <laughs> she's kind of like a bunny with fangs, you know, she's like, <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, after like two years of being called racist, racist, then it just loses. It's, it's like, you, you just hear it all the time and you're like, gosh, mm-hmm. I, I, I know I'm not what they're saying I am. And then you just, you start hearing it and you just, it's like one ear and out the other. And so yes. I guess like I'm trying to I guess I'm trying to make a comparison between hearing those things all the time and then like the discourse that we see every day when people are beating each other up like on Twitter every single day, I feel like all that just sort of it makes people less human
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> towards one mm-hmm. another,
2: you know what I mean, I'm just trying to draw a correlation, I just think that the world that we live in is so much more social media and so much more online and People are just less human now than they were in 2008, 2009. Is that a terrible thing to say? Is that No, awful? no uh, not
0: at
3: all. I, yeah. I,
0: think it's, I think it's totally accurate. Um, yeah. And I think that there are, there are many reasons for it. But social media is a big one because yeah. it, it, there, there's a lot of issues with, I mean, all of it. But say something like Twitter in particular, where so much of the discussion happens. But same with Facebook and so on. Um, one of the most obvious issues, of course, is that people forget they're dealing with other human beings. Right. right. So especially when you have so many people who are anonymous and you can't see their their names or their faces, and mm-hmm. it's much easier to... You're empathetically disassociated from them, mm-hmm. right? You, you can't right. see them, certainly can't can't touch them. You can't have that natural relation where you can see when... You're causing someone pain, or when you're both on a, a level that is humorous, if someone's being sarcastic, mm-hmm. there's no tone, there's no body language, there's no anything. You often, jokes are often even missed because you can't tell if someone's being serious or not. Right. Um, so that's a big point. But I think one thing that a lot of people don't realize, and not a lot of people make this point, is that conversations happen in reverse. Conversations happen. Backwards, it's like constantly jumping into the middle of a conversation, right? So if you meet someone in the real world, you don't start with discussing like some inflammatory political or religious issue or sharing like a very strong perspective on something that people have feelings. about. you say, "Hey, hey, nice to meet you." You know, what's your name? Oh, cool. Where are you from? I'm this. You start with the commonality, right. and then maybe if you talk for you know tens of minutes or even hours then you start getting into stuff that's a little bit deeper. But by that point, you've built some rapport. You understood this is a decent person, humanity. You may differ (laughs) on politics, religion, whatever, but you're not starting with that. You don't walk down the street just shouting your political and religious opinions in the public square. Certainly not in an inflammatory way. But something like Twitter or even Facebook to some degree is just like this empty cave where you just walk in and you shout an opinion or you say something <laughs> and then waves of people react and respond to yeah. it. And it's, like an it's fun mom. and it's interesting. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. fun. And it's interesting, but it, it all happens backwards. And then I think for each follower you have, or for each person who knows about you on the internet, that's one translation of you,
3: right? right. So for
0: however many followers you have or how many people know about you, that is that many caricatures of you, right? That's that yeah. many avatars yeah. out there. So there's, there's millions of versions of each of us on the internet, right? People think, right? People think they know you um, and they think they know all your beliefs and everything about you. And sometimes it it can be accurate, right? Someone who's been Mm. listening to you for a long time, um, they'll have a much more accurate picture, but there's also millions of people who just saw that one one tweet or one blog post or one thing or heard a clip you said in a podcast and they're like, ah, that's that person. They're this, 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 and this. They think they know everything about you. And they are way, way, way off base. Absolutely. So In fact, it's... we just
1: had an example of that yesterday. And the reason that I have Ron DeSantis's cutout behind me is because a lot of times on our show, we we tease about how I have a crush on him, right? Zuby's <laughs> like, Do, is there somebody you don't have a crush on? No. <laughs> There's Nobody. Nobody. So, so, I joke about it all the time. And he's not the only one, right? Like, there's this guy too. There, you, and you probably know him because you're from the UK. Do you know Robbie yes. Williams? Okay. Uh, yeah, not personally, oh my but God, you I know, know who right. Robbie Williams is. Oh, God. People yeah, in course. the UK know who he is. Yeah, he's, But anyway, he's so, it's so I joke about my crushes on these people. And we had a woman right yesterday who was so alarmed that I am trying to basically like shove Casey DeSantis out of the picture so that I can like (laughs) pursue her husband. And I'm like, come on, that is of course not true. It's all in good fun, it's a joke. It's all, you know, people that know me, just like you said, people who have listened for a long time and know me, know that I'm very happily married and that this is all just in good fun. But you're right, they create this perception of you that is totally inaccurate based on one thing that they heard or one tweet that they saw. It's a really interesting social experiment we're all in.
2: And here's, here's another thing. Like when it comes to people responding, like a while, this is years ago. And will probably remember this? There was this dude who was coming after me, like for comments or something. Do you remember the libertarian dude? Remember the libertarian dude that came after me? And he was just, I I don't even remember what he was saying. He was saying mean things to me. And we kind of had a back and forth because this is what we do we'll spar with people online sometimes and usually you know after a while after a couple of years i just stopped doing it because it became exhausting fighting with people online and i just thought this is taking way too much of my energy but i decided to just you know spar with him a little bit and then i said you know what? i'm gonna approach this guy differently and i knew that he was in indiana this is when i was living in indiana and i said you know what we should do we should meet and have coffee and discuss this mm-hmm. like and so i i said, let's talk about this at art like, meet me at 40 monument circle where i worked in indy i said and we'll have we'll talk about this come on come on over and we'll talk about this together in person we'll, and we'll have coffee and we'll we'll discuss this over coffee and he immediately freaked out you could tell he freaked out because he was like oh my gosh like she wants to meet in person and talk about this i don't i don't know if i can do that like I thought we were supposed to just be fighting here online. Like I thought we were just sparring. And when you actually like put the human element in a fight and you say, I'm an actual person, I am a breathing person with blood running through my body and I'm a mom and I'm a sister and I'm a friend and I'm a wife and I, I'm a human being. And I want to have this discussion with you and you know, we can talk about this over coffee. People freak out. Like they don't want (laughs) to do that. They don't want to do that, but they want to fight with you online. And it's interesting Mm -hmm. how like that throws a whole different dynamic into the conversation, which is it shows you how far we've come as a society. They don't want to be human. They want to fight (laughs) online.
0: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. there's so many things at play here. You know, I mean, of course there's a lot of people with all types of mental health problems. There's people who are just angry and frustrated for various reasons and you happen to be the person who comes across their feed or their timeline that day. I mean there are millions of people right now mm-hmm. scrolling through social media explicitly looking for things to get angry at.
3: Exactly. Right? exactly. Hundreds exactly. of millions.
0: And so yeah. sometimes you're just that person who has that tweet or that post at that moment and they rage at you. They project it onto you. And so they're not really mad at you. They're just mad and you happen to be the target of the day. Um, this has happened mm-hmm. hundreds of times to me. I'm sure it's happened hundreds oh, of times yeah. to you at this point. Um, and they're so mad at
1: you... they're they're mad at who they think you are, and mm-hmm. so not 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 at you, but just who they've created that you are in their own minds. To yeah. Amy Jo's point, like if they actually met you in person and had coffee with you, right. you'd probably get along great. Totally. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. No. Mm-hmm. I, have you ever have you ever met a hater in real life? Because I haven't.
1: Have
2: not. Um... Have no, we I met haven't. haters in real life? No, well, thousands of
0: fans, but I've never met a. I've never met a hater.
2: Well, we've actually we put we put two guys in prison, so we've
1: and but we never seen met them. Them. <laughs> we've, well, we <laughs>
0: them.
1: Well,
2: actually, we did in courtrooms. We've seen them in courtrooms. Well, but we didn't like
1: actually. We meet didn't them actually have, a have coffee with, with, them, with
4: them,
2: but mm. we've seen them in courtrooms. So I mean, and I think when people when you see that when you see them, and then it's a very sad situation because you're just like God. I mean, there there are people out there who do need genuine help, you know, was well, that like and, p- someone and,
0: people making threats or something like that?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, yeah, it's cra- So it's, it is, a, it's a crazy world out there. And I think you're right. I think there are people who are searching for things and needing things. And that goes into a whole mental health discussion where we need people, mm-hmm. we need places for people to go. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of times people will go onto social media looking for something that they're not getting here. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. they're not getting yeah.
2: something here. Yeah. Well, so. it's, it's
0: definitely an, it's an outlet, you know, and that can be yeah. a, a positive outlet. It can be neutral. It can be, mm-hmm. it can be negative. And I think people get caught in both, you know, you can get caught up in a positivity spiral, which is, which right. is a great thing where you're showing love and spreading love and it's coming back at you and everything's really positive and you're lifting people up and you know, it comes back at you. But people also fall into these negativity spirals both online and offline where all the right. focus is on the negative and the bad things and you treat people badly and if you treat people badly they don't tend to respond very well either if you approach someone with hostility they tend to be hostile back and so on and the truth with the world is you know not to get too philosophical is that you know there's the world is both amazing and wonderful and terrible and dark. Like it's, it's all of them. All of human history is you can focus on, I mean, depending on where you put your focus on any given day, you can put yourself into like a really bad, angry, sad, upset, outraged mood. Um, or you can put yourself into a really positive and grateful and grateful one. Um, and I think it's important to, you know, maintain some semblance of balance so that you're still attached to reality. But I think that sometimes people think that being real is always being negative and always being angry and always being outraged. And Mm -hmm. that, you know, people, people just get, just get addicted to it. Cause you, people can certainly get addicted to negative energy. I mean, we've really seen that over the past two years about people who are, who are addicted to being afraid right? Or oh, addicted yeah. to projecting right. oh fear and anger Something. on other people, right? Like they're, they're genuinely right. addicted. They do not want to give it up. You tell them, Hey, look, you don't need to be, you don't need to be afraid, right? Like right. you can, you can chill. And they're like, no, no, I want to be afraid. I don't care about what do statistics. they call that?
1: They call it doom scrolling, right? Isn't that mm. the term? Oh, really? Isn't that the yes. official term There's for a... it is when you just are constantly seeking out reinforcement of your fear. It's mm-hmm. doom scrolling, and I, I thought that term was so great. I saw that the other day and I was like, yeah, that's a perfect way to describe it.
0: Yeah. When that someone's on Twitter other... or Instagram or whatever, and they're just mm-hmm. swiping, looking for the negative, the yeah. negative dopamine hit. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, my gosh. Exactly. I didn't even know that. I didn't know that was a thing. I guess I'm not a dude stroller. Mm-hmm. You know what? It's, it's <laughs> cause, cause Juby, one of the things that we're most proud of, I would, and I definitely will speak for Miriam cause I know she'll agree with me is that we have, um, Unlike a lot of like a lot of people who do what we do and who have done what we've done since you know I, the dinosaur ages because we've been doing this forever, but um, is the com- what we you have mean? A Aren't community? Aren't you both twenty one? <laughs> 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 Times a lot of years, yeah. But we, but we but we build a community. Like we're all about building a community, and our community's sort of taken on a life of itself, and we like that. Like we kind of they, they these people that that's one thing we'll talk to each other like how do we do this you know how do we build this We because it was very organic the way our community was built kind of like itself like we did it we're responsible for it and we feel responsible for it but at the same time these people have sort of taken on a life of their own and they're friends with each other and they travel with each other and they pray for each other and they do all these mm-hmm. and they're just and they are very positive and so they they keep us very positive and so it's just like this really neat group of people who we're kind of like, it's like a baby that we made together. <laughs> it's, like, it's, really, it's, really, it's like this child that is sort of like grown up and like, it's, it's our little community and they're wonderful. I mean they're like these really wonderful people. And I think that's, that's, I'm
1: really super proud of that. Aren't you proud of that? Mary? Oh yeah. Like, I mean, so it's one yes. of the things that makes this all so worthwhile and so right. satisfying and fulfilling and all of those things. I mean, it just, it feels really good not to know. I mean, Obviously, it feels really good when we get that positive attention and people like what we do. But when we watch the conversations and the transformational relationships happening because of what we do, that's even more meaningful. Like that is, is. that's
2: really amazing.
1: You said it way better than I did.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, well, I think, (laughs) I I think that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. And one thing I, one thing I really love that you, that you both do is you maintain this positivity and humor and fun, because especially especially in the world of not even just politics but u s politics and social cultural stuff um you know it's very easy, especially over a long period of time, to become very negative uh, I, I I've seen it happen with with many people I know a lot of people in the social commentary, political commentary sphere. And because you are constantly dealing with nonsense and fighting stupid ideas and stupid people and dealing with all this negativity, like we've, we've all gone through that process of having to develop a a tough skin, right? Having to develop that exoskeleton so that someone can't just call you a name and you curl up into a, a, into the fetal position. Um, but it's hard to do that and not just become a savage Right. Just become this really, really hard, angry, fire breathing dragon who's just like every day. Uh, You're fighting the monsters so much that you think you have to become the monster to continue the fight. And and when I when I talk to you or when I interact with you both online, it's always fun. It's lighthearted. It's jovial. You can even be you know, there can be something out there that genuinely makes you angry or outraged or something happens and it's upsetting. And you can talk about that and address it in a real way, but not let it consume you, not let mm, it right. take you away from the things that you believe in and your perspective and your gratitude and your happiness about, you know, your God or family and right. love and kindness and friendship, all of that stuff. And I think that, I think a lot of people can, can, can learn from that. Um, Cause I think it is very difficult to do for, for years and, not become that person, um, and it's something I'm cautious about. Like I, I always have to. Uh, first of all, I take every Sunday off Twitter, and that's important. Um,
1: nice, but also I didn't just know to that maintain, about you.
0: Yeah, yeah, but well, also that's just because Twitter the, still
2: is the thirteenth circle of hell, Dubey. It still
0: is. <laughs> yeah, but you have to. You have to use. You have to use humor. You know, you have to use humor because if you don't, you just become angry. You know, and I I totally understand that because there is so much foolishness going on.
1: You know, it's interesting that you say that because there was a time when when we lost those third. Well, I I don't even want to say we when America and because of Joe Biden, we lost those 13 Marines in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. I reached a breaking point that day when that news broke where I felt like I was going to have a breakdown, like I was done. I could not. I couldn't doom scroll anymore. I couldn't mm. consume another piece of news that day because I just was so overwhelmed by all of the horrible news. And I I reached a point where I knew I got to, I just got to stop planning for tomorrow's radio show and just step back and mm. just, and take a break. And I did. And for me, it was like, I needed some hours, right? I needed an evening and I needed an overnight. And then I was ready to go in the morning, but I think what happens is that some people don't recognize when their breaking points are and when they do need to step back, not just for their own mental health, but because of how they might treat other people. And so then you end up in this like rage spiral where you're not, you're upset, but that is, you're projecting that out into the world and it's not healthy for you or for anybody else. And so that, that for me was like a real moment where I was like, I got to, I got to get out of this for a minute. I got to step back. Otherwise I'm going to lose my absolute shit. And so that was yeah. a good move for me. <laughs> yeah. And then I was and, back and then I was able to be okay again, but people yeah. need to realize where those breaking points are. I think. I think for me,
2: it's like if, 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 um, if I had to do this alone, I don't know if I'd do it. I mean, i yeah. honestly honest to God. I don't think I could do it without Miriam. So, I mean, I don't, she probably could do it without me, but I don't think I no, could do same. It without her honestly, because I just don't think I could. I think that's the reason that I, that I stay. It's like, it's just a happy, because she's so happy to begin with, and so she's like this <laughs> big, giant burst of technicolor every day. But I mean, it's like, it's it's just one of those, um, it's one of those things where politics, it, it really is, politics is tough. I mean, we we were both in different professions before we did politics, and I was a, Uh, like a medical technical writer slash adjunct professor. I mean, it was a completely different world before we did politics. And when you get, you think, Oh, politics will be fun. (laughs) Yay. And then you get in there and you're like, Oh my gosh, politics is gross. These people are gross. And (laughs) you're like, wow. And, And it really is one of those things where if, if I didn't have her to lean on and have her like smiley face there every day, I'd probably be in a pile of despair. And so, um, you know, it's, it's one of those at the, at the end of the day, it's all about humanity for me, not to sound corny, but we have to have a shred of, we're all human. We have to treat each other with even people that I, I don't really like very much. I mean, it's like, there's, mm-hmm. it's, it's humanity, you know, I mean, it's all about that. And we, we have to be decent, decent. you know.
0: absolutely. It's, what, yeah. what is it that's kept you kept you going throughout this, This time, given everything that we've said, what's been that motivating or driving force? What's been that mission that you want to achieve that's kept this all going for over a decade?
2: Mine's easy. Do you know what yours is? Mine's easy. Mine's mine's my kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just want, I want my, I want the country to be uh, the country that I know it is, and that it the mm-hmm. founders wanted it to be in the the country that I grew up in and i I don't really recognize my country very much these days.
0: What do you and mean I, when you say what?
2: that um, just the leadership is so weak um there freedoms I see being um chipped away at. I just see a lot of things that I hold dear, like um you know when I see things being taught in school like gender and gender pronouns instead of actual subjects and you know CRT and things like that being taught in school. And I just, schools are different. Um, The country looks different. People, just a lot, just everything in the country just looks different than it did when I was my daughter's age at 12. I just think a lot of things in this country are different. Just the landscape Mm -hmm. of the country, culture rot in this country is rampant. The culture is very different. I mean, I know that makes me sound old because I'm sure that the country probably looked different to, to my mom when I was a 12 year old than it did to her when she was a 12 year old. And so I, I know that culture changes, but I mean, I, I don't know, I look at like what was acceptable when I was a kid and then I look at like Cardi B singing WAP, you know? And it's, <laughs> I don't know, I just, you know what I mean? I just think that things are just, it, I think that culturally we're kind of spiraling and there's a lot of mm. stuff that I just don't like for her from a cultural standpoint. And then just from a country standpoint, I, I think we're on a socialist spiral. And I don't mm. like that for her. I mean, you look at taxes, taxes alone from an economic standpoint. I mean, the taxes have considerably gone up. And for her, I'm thinking you're probably going to be at a 50% tax rate by the time you're my age, if not more.
1: And that's a frightening concept. So. Yeah. Can I, yes. I'll, I'll weigh in too on just what keeps me going. Cause I think she expressed it very well when she talked about kids for sure. But for me, it's like this just, I, and I don't know if it's partly naivete, but I have just relentless optimism and hope about where we can be. And and I, and I just, I, I don't ever want to I just don't ever think I can give up on America. You know what I mean? And so Mm -hmm. as long as I see optimism and hope and a reason to be hopeful and optimistic, then I just feel like we got to stay in the fight, man. Right. And so, you know, whatever our personal reasons are for doing it, and for both of us, it is absolutely our kids because we want to make sure that they understand the great America that we've always known and loved. Um, But, you know, for me, it's just more than that. I can't help myself. I can't help but feel positive about, being lucky and feeling lucky to be in this country and to, Mm. and to, to know the greatness of America and want to share that and help people understand how great it is because it's, it's so sad to me that so much of our younger generations now don't, that they actually are being taught more and more to hate it. And that I can't, like I can't deal with that. So as long as I got to have that fight, I'm going to have it. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: No, some really interesting points there. I think, um, Man, where do I even go on this? There's so much, there's so much I could say. I think um, there are a lot of things about the USA that Americans themselves don't realize or overlook. And I think actually that's a source of a lot of problems because two things I always say are really important in life are perspective and gratitude. And I yes. think that th- this is ac- across the West in general. But I think in the USA, in particular, in recent decades, there's been an absence of both of those things. Sometimes for for fair reasons, and sometimes for I, I think silly reasons. I mean, first of all, most most Americans never leave the country, right? Yes. So that's just a fact. That's not that's not an opinion. It's it's a fact. So when people are talking about the USA, and and you know sometimes whether they're over-egging something that's positive or overdoing something that's negative, there's not really a perspective, right? I often say, well, compared to what, right? So you'll hear people say, you know, especially more people, more on the left, they'll say, you know, the USA is a racist country. My my question is compared to what, mm, right? right? Compared to what, what are you comparing to, right? Geographically and historically, what are you comparing to? Is there racism in the USA? Yes, absolutely. Was it very mm-hmm. prominent in the past? Yes, absolutely. But what, what did that look like on a global scale? What does it look like today in 2022 on a, on a historical scale, right? So what are you comparing to? Um, or even with so many of the issues and, and you know, whether this is someone more on the left or more on the right with certain things, I'm like, well, I understand the I understand the grievances. I understand the problems. But if you look around the world, or even if you look at history, is there a, like you know which country would you rather be in, or like right. what time period would you rather be born in? Would you prefer to be in 1922, 1822, 1722? No, probably not. You'd you'd rather be here now. So yeah, there are all these problems, um, but you have to maintain that perspective and gratitude. And gratitude, an- I think another factor yes. as well is um, how some people forget how how young the country is. Yeah, I'm from the I'm from the UK. Like the US, as far as the world goes, the USA is a teenager, right? And I think the U, I think the USA behaves like a teenager in a, a lot of ways. It's a very chaotic country. I say this all the time. There's such a broad range of people. It's truly the most diverse country in the world. Not in the not just in the superficial way, right? But it is the most racially and ethnically diverse country, certainly up there. Um, but in terms of ideologies and religions and ideas and it's it's an experiment right it's like this it's this experiment that's only been running for what under 250 years or so um I mean the college I went to in university like my college in Oxford was founded in the 1100s
2: oh my gosh
0: (sighs) right so like you can go if if you go to the UK you will find you can find pubs that were founded in the year 800 800 not 1800 800 Oh right? my god! So I like mean, that is the, just the,
2: crazy perspective. <laughs> crazy perspective. Right? Or,
0: yeah, just go around Europe. Go 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 to Paris. Go to Rome. Go to go to Athens. Like go, mm. and and you're like okay. Like these places are these places are old, and the, the buildings are still there, and you can still see the hit. So it's like, and then you think, okay, the U.S. is like really really young. I um, love that
2: comparison. I love it. Yeah. I love saying that the U.S. is like a teenager. I I would go <laughs> further and say it's like a te- it's, it's like a teenage girl. Because teenage <laughs> girls are very, they're very mm-hmm. snarky and snippy. And we're kind of like that sometimes. So uh-huh. many of us are like that. Yeah. I just <laughs> love that comparison. I love it.
0: Yeah. So I think it gives people, you know, reason to be optimistic and hopeful because it's like, yes. well, and, and even for the people who, you know, even if you want to focus on some of the, the negative things in, in American history, it's also like, well, stuff was a lot, man, like, Totally accept, it, acknowledge all that, but like, look at how much progress has been made in a hundred years.
3: Yes. Yeah.
0: Right. So right. yes, there are new challenges and issues now, but look at the USA in 1922. Right. One hundred years is one person's. That's like one long lifetime. That's one person. Yeah. One one person ago. Right. We. Oh my gosh. Like, I, I could be killed for having this conversation with you. Right. Like exactly. this. This, this right. whole interact. This whole interaction. Not. <laughs> not not legally possible not socially possible not culturally acceptable right all kind all kinds of stuff right Right. um and so yes it's good to acknowledge that but also like yo look how much progress has been made in a hundred years is nothing i mean we
1: wouldn't wouldn't
2: be able to have a business we wouldn't be able to vote i mean think of all this like there's so much stuff in this entire podcast that wouldn't be able to happen (laughs)
0: No, right. And exactly like, you know, because people want to be, oh, you know, the people like to talk about the, the old white men, old straight white men thing. And it's like, yeah, okay. Like, yeah, actually you're, you're, you're right on that front. Right. It's like, well, yeah, if you were not in a certain demographic or even social class or whatever, then yeah, things were, Mm -hmm. things were bad. People were way more violent. People were far more intolerant. Like there are certain, you know, I think society is always moving in the West, it's like th- things are moving forward and backward simultaneously. So I totally agree that there are certain aspects of social values, cultural values, morality, which I think have backslid, say in the past couple decades.
3: Right. But there are
0: also right. things that have 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 improved by by leaps and bounds. If you want to talk about yeah. like fair treatment of other people, treating people as 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 individuals, not just as totally. uh, groups, you know, you know, like that's. That's improved so much. I think that's why I get so annoyed by these weird, woke, authoritarian leftist types who are literally trying to shift things backwards again, right? Yeah. They're trying to get yeah. people to judge people based on their skin color again. They're trying to make color. these people feel oppressed. These people feel guilty. You're trying to tell women this, tell black people that, tell gay people that. I'm, I'm like, bro, stop. You're moving things yeah. backwards. You're, go- you're, you're right. now going backwards. It's like they're, okay, well, Men, you they're you know, go, They're
2: they're basically and essentially they're segregationists,
3: yeah. is what they are. Yes, which is and it's ridiculous. like yo, this was tried before, yeah.
0: bro. This was tried <laughs> before, right? right? So let's not don't overcorrect so hard. You come back on the other side of the screen, right. and you know it's it's not the it's not the way forward. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that's some perspective for anyone listening. Just as to yeah, we've got issues. Um, Yeah, yeah, every every country has its challenges and every era has its challenges, Um, but there are huge upsides. And while it feels like we live in the craziest time period ever, we also live in the best and most prosperous and most healthy and most equal time period ever. So I think those things always need to be kept in balance.
1: It's funny that you say that about the perspective because one of the things that we wrote in our book from 2014 was about like the American definition of poverty and how skewed it was and how Mm -hmm. all of these stats and data points and figures about Americans in poverty It sounds awful. Right. But then Mm -hmm. when when you look to see what a typical impoverished American has, Mm -hmm. they have a large screen TV. They've got a smartphone. Mm -hmm. They likely have a car and a roof over their heads in most cases. And so your your point about perspective is really well taken because people Mm -hmm. don't think through how much more blessed and prosperous American and other Western countries are in comparison to what true poverty really looks like. Mm-hmm. And that's just right. one example. In other countries. Right. In other yeah. countries.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean my, my family. Ba- for, yeah.
3: Uh-huh.
0: Oh, for real. I mean right. my family background is, is originally from from Nigeria. Um, mm-hmm. and if you're talking about poverty in, in Africa or certain parts of Asia, you're talking about a whole nother
3: right. level of it.
0: Um I remember mm-hmm. I've told this story before, but I remember meeting uh, when I was when I was last in Nigeria or a few years ago, when I was in Nigeria and I met a guy I was maybe like 19 or 20. And he was talking to me, talking to me about how he really wanted to, to go to the U S Um, and I asked him why. And he said something which was humorous and very flippant, but to me it was actually really deep. He said, because in America, even the poor people are fat.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah.
0: Like it, 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 it's funny, but mm-hmm. it's also, a really deep thing. It's it's like yeah, yeah Like you're you're talking about a different it's true. type of poverty, right? Po- po- it's it's poverty in a, in a way, but compared to like a sense of absolute poverty, where someone doesn't have enough to eat, doesn't have clean water to drink, and so exact, on. Right. You're talking about the same it's thing, a whole
2: di- whole different kind. It's American poverty. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: that's exactly mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm.
0: So where do you think where do you see things going in the future, especially as mothers um what are you what are you concerned about and what are you optimistic about
2: um i i see grannies on the right
1: isn't that what you see (laughs) miriam granny <laughs> on the right. uh, we right trademark that do we need to go ahead and start like we reserve do that it. domain we, should,
2: yeah, do, we need to do it today because i just put it in the universe so we should probably do that <laughs> but um but yeah i mean i we i see us keeping going and like i mean i don't see us stopping anytime soon and that's uh, this is something that we've been doing forever and i i don't think we know how to stop do we know mm-hmm. how to stop we don't know how to stop no no it's like <laughs> yeah and, I, and honestly, things have things have changed so much over the past 13 years that we've sort of just evolved with the times, you know? We've evolved with um, the Bidens and the Cardi Bs and, the, and everything else in between. And so we've just, okay. we've kind of rolled the with this. Right. And the platform yeah. And the platforms, all the different social platforms. I mean, we have a TikTok now, Zuby. I don't even know how to do all the dances. I don't we're gonna have to learn to do all the dances on the TikTok. I'm gonna have to learn. So oh, no. I mean, uh, we gotta
0: not, figure not the TikTok, out you know? the TikTok. So <laughs> we're,
2: we're just we're navigating through all of that and hopefully we'll come out on the other end and not look like complete morons. That is <laughs> We'll be One shaking our goals. rakes at
1: everybody.
3: We're shaking, <laughs>
2: shaking our canes, Zuby. That's right. We're shaking our, shaking our grandma canes at some point. But yeah, but we're we're just gonna keep doing what we do and um and building our communities where we can build them and trying to trying to make people understand that um you know conservatism is is, it, that is it's it's cool. I mean it's it's cool to be. We're like the counterculture now conservatives are the punk rockers it used to be (laughs) you know it used to be that liberals were the punk rockers like a long time ago and now we're the counterculture it's really weird how we are anti-establishment now that's what we are now i'm proud to be a punk rocker and so i'm old (laughs) i'm an old punk rocker that's what i am and i think you know it's, it's the way to be
0: awesome And what's the best place for people to find and follow you online?
1: Chicksontheright.com. Uh, and on all the most of the socials, we are at Chicks on Right. Um, and that is really because there wasn't enough room on Twitter when that first started <laughs> to do Chicks on the Right without losing a letter. So I thought, well, we'll just do be Chicks on Right. And that's where we are most everywhere. We're really yeah. trying uh, to grow our Locals platform. So if people would like to be uh, supporters of ours, theirs, it's Chicks on the But you can find us absolutely on all the other socials as well.
0: Amazing, yeah. Mock and Daisy. Always a pleasure to speak to you both. Thank you so much it's for coming so on the show. So fun talking
1: to you. Thank you. So mm-hmm. fun talking to you. We
2: love it. We love it to be anytime. We need to have you back on ours too. We need to like, mm. have you with us.
1: Yes, we'll make it happen. Yes, definitely. Okay, we will. And I'm still holding out for that bedtime story.
0: You know, I've got a children. You know, I've got a children's book coming out in July.
1: <gasps> you do, and awesome. you're reading it. You're doing the I, audio. I, version. I haven't
0: done the audio book yet, but I will.
1: Oh my gosh. Can you give so us a, the bedtime
0: story request? Do you have, quick, might do you have a detail? Yeah, <laughs> we're not totally
2: <laughs> interview you, but do you have like a quick detail? You get like, what is it? Do you, Like, do you have like a preview? Like you could tell me about it really quick.
0: Yeah, sure. It's, um, it's called the candy calamity. It's a okay. book for children. I'd say the main age range would be maybe five to 10. Um, although it could go a bit below and a bit older. And it's about the importance of healthy eating and exercise. So uh, it's a collaboration that. with Brave Books and um, the illustrations are amazing. The story's fun. The whole thing rhymes. I'm a rapper. And so you're going to talk sure. about
1: getting Jacksonated in it. Get
0: That's in my Jacked. favorite
1: zubyism. Yep,
0: Yeah. Getting Jacksonated. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's going to be, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I'm very proud I of it. I
1: love it.
2: Congrats. That's so fantastic. Good for you. I love it. I love the topic. That's so great. Thank I you. love that. Thank you. Congratulations. Congratulations Thank you so to much. You. That's awesome. awesome. Well, we can't wait Thank to Thank you, to you, you soon. for having us. Thank you.
0: You are welcome. Thank you for coming on. Much love. I am the man. Sick with the slang. Sick enough just for fame. Do for the fam, not for the grand. for pain. Hurt, Put some respect on my name. Sick like a rain, clicking a bang. Y'all gon' remember the name. you remember
4: the name. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coryant.